This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Let There Be Light is uh, one of those phrases that people use from time to time, perhaps not very often, but I did actually hear somebody use it the other day. It's sometimes said uh, humorously, as if they know it's a quotation from somewhere, but they almost certainly don't know where it comes from. Sometimes we use the expression when we're uh, going into, say, a dark room, but somebody were coming into this room and it was for the first time and it was because it was empty and it was at night and they might say, oh, let there be light, before looking for a light switch. Uh, sometimes there are situations in which some understanding uh, is needed and you might say, well, let there be light, meaning let there be some uh, understanding or some real information about this uh, subject. We use the same concept when we talk about light bulb moments. I've already used that expression, actually, in conversation today. And I believe it was the, the title of a 2017 film uh, as well. Where it really comes from, of course, is from the Bible. It's in that chapter that we read uh, today, in chapter 1 and verse 3. We'll come back to this in a moment. But... That is where the expression divine fiats uh, come from. Now, we used to to own a fiat. Uh, We had a series of fiat puntos. And and, uh, I always thought that fiat came from this idea of let there be. You know, a a manufacturer of uh, something saying, perhaps sarcastically, uh, let there be a a punto. And there was a punto sort sort of thing. Uh, until I realised that, in fact, uh, fiat is a series of uh, letters that means Fabrizio Italiano Automobili Torino. So I wasn't as clever as I thought uh, I was. Uh, ironically, we now own Skodas, and, uh, and Skoda is a Czech word meaning pity, shame or damage. So... <laughs> But here we have in in chapter 3 of Genesis chapter 1, God saying, let there be light. And there was light. It reads as simply uh, as that. So when God, in Genesis chapter 1, created the world that we live in, he said, let there be, and there was. And by the end of the chapter, uh, creation is uh, completed. Now what we have when we read Genesis chapter 1, it's an entirely different story to what most scientists believe and tell you. Now, I emphasize the word most because there are uh, scientists who do believe in the biblical account of creation. So, but most scientists give us a different story altogether. And while they have different theories about how it actually happened, as I'm going to say more than once, The common theme is that it all happened by accident. It was all down to chance. Now what I'm going to say is this, that 
um, it's not, I'm not going to give you a science lesson. I am incapable of giving you a, a science lesson. Um, I'm not a scientist. I wasn't a science teacher. I know very little about science, and I suspect that many other people don't know much about science as well. But you don't have to know about science to understand how the world was created or where life came from. And if you were to uh, ask your neighbours what they thought about this subject, I suspect a lack of knowledge of science would be quite evident in what they said. They, we've all heard of the expression, the Big Bang Theory, uh, for one reason or another, and uh, they would probably say that the Big Bang Theory came into it. Press them any further, and they would be a, a bit stuck, I think. Um, how did life begin, you might uh, ask them. And they might say, well, life has evolved over millions of years. Well, how did the human race uh, begin? Well, uh, it came from monkeys. That's actually not very scientific, because science, scientific theory has moved on a bit uh, since then. But it's the sort of thing that you, that you hear and is therefore popularly believed. Why did life start? Shrug shoulders. Well, it just happened. It just came about by uh, accident. Well, how do you know these things, you might say to, to uh, people? Well, we've all been to school, and that's where we got it from. That Our teachers told us. Um, so if you really want to be awkward, you'd say, well, how do the teachers know about it? Well, of course, they got it from science books. It's what they were taught, and, uh, that's, and it's what scientists commonly uh, teach. Now, let's just explore a little, this is from a non-scientist, uh, about what scientists uh, say. Firstly, about the beginning of the universe. Well, this is where the Big Bang theory comes into it. Um, in other words, it's the idea that the universe appeared as a result of a large explosion in uh, space. Uh, it's not uh, a proven uh, theory. It is only a theory. This, this is the, the commonly held idea that it all happened by accident as a result of an explosion. Well, then, how did our Earth uh, begin? What do scientists say? Well, the main theory, as far as I can tell, is that, first of all, the Sun appeared as a result of the Big Bang, uh, and then Earth uh, appeared uh, as a result, again, as an accident, uh, from leftover bits of space dust from the formation uh, of the Sun. Again, it's a theory. There's no proof. Scientists will admit that there is no proof uh, of it. This is the... Like, this is a likelihood. And uh, do you understand that? I don't understand that. It's mumbo-jumbo uh, to me. I can't get my head around it at all. Um, how did life begin? Well, it was probably... I mean, this is a quotation from a scientific source. Probably. An electrical discharge led to chemical reactions that created the first molecules. Um, frankly, I'm none the wiser at what any of that means. But notice the word probably from an authentic source. Probably. Again, only a theory. Uh, they might, though, say uh, that it was a result of a volcanic action on the Earth. Is that easy to understand? Maybe. But the thing is, it's all maybe. That's the point. Uh, how did life on Earth 
begin? Well, um, another theory is that meteorites may have brought life from space. In other words, a lump of rock came through space, landed on the Earth, just happened, this lump of rock just happened to have uh, a source of life uh, on it. It collided with the Earth, and everything that we know has arisen from that. Clearly, may have brought life from space. And as a result of that, life, as we know it, uh, evolved. Um, as a result, life evolved from one species to another. Again, not what we've read in Genesis uh, chapter 1. And this idea, by the way, of, of uh, humans evolving from monkeys is no longer uh, the current theory. Uh, current thinking is that hu humans and monkeys are, in fact, um, cousins with a common source. Now, as I said, there are plenty of, or some at least, scientists who believe uh, in the Bible version of how things uh, came about. But the thing is, we are expected to believe that our world was all a lucky break, as you might say. It was a freak events of nature that caused it. It's all random, all chance. People believe uh, what they're told. Uh, it's taught as fact, not theory. There are many different theories but no actual evidence uh, what they do have in common as I've said is that life began by accident now let's just have a think about this could life really have begun by chance is that a reasonable idea so we look around us and we think of our favourite uh, things of beauty they might be flowers might be uh, butterflies, might be um, your favourite piece of coastline, or it may be a bird of paradise. And what you think when you see these in, in the flesh, as it were, is that life is amazing. It's uh, complex and it's beautiful. Did it all come about by chance? Is that reasonable? Now, I said I didn't know anything about... Um, Science, and that's true. I do remember doing biology at school. Uh, I can remember doing the drawings, copying drawings from biology textbooks about, for instance, uh, the makeup of the flower. I don't remember looking at this now, and you perhaps might have a job reading it. Uh, I do remember the word pistil and, uh, and the word stamen. But I'd have retained an overall impression of complexity. I mean, flowers are beautiful by definition. But when you analyse they're, how they're composed, they are amazingly complex as well. And we think about the, the uh, eye. It takes all these parts and more uh, to make the eye work so that we're able to see and have the benefits of being able to see what's around us, and especially, say, to read, watch television. We couldn't do it without this complex organism. I mean, like anything else in our body, we appreciate it more when things start to go wrong uh, with it. Complex. Not beautiful, perhaps, but complex. 
Another example is uh, human reproduction. Uh, babies start uh, in the womb, uh, they then uh, get older, uh, they grow up, and they'll perhaps have children uh, of their own, and the, the process goes on. It's a cycle uh, that continues. Uh, beautiful, well, one of those on there is beautiful. Um, well, two of those actually on there are, are beautiful because they relate to me. Um, well, actually, I think the first picture came off the internet, but it, it, could, it could have been my granddaughter when she was a, a, a fetus. By accident, really? Um, what is easier to believe? That people win the lottery over and over again? Or the Genesis account of how life uh, began? We look at things around us and we perhaps think that uh, things have not come about by chance. Now, you wouldn't trust yourself to go in an aeroplane um, if you didn't believe that something really, really complicated like this was taking you through the air. The cockpit of uh, an aeroplane is uh, amazingly complex. Uh, we have no hesitation in thinking that, well, somebody designed that. And the improvement that's been taking place over the years in aircraft design has been the result of design. Uh, and it's like that with the human body then. Amazingly complex. Well, we're told that came about by accident. I suggest to you that is not reasonable. Houses don't build themselves, they say, like other things. They don't build themselves. You've got to put some effort into it. So you look at a building site. You're an ordinary person. You haven't got any scientific knowledge. You're using your brain. And you look at a building site and you think, that didn't come about by itself. They were, there were uh, brickers involved. Soon there will be um, plumbers and electricians, roofers. All those are needed for a building to start from scratch and continue to something that you can live in. Somebody has designed that as well. There was an architect. Uh, there were planners involved. Uh, building a house it has all the hallmarks that somebody has put some thought into uh, how it's going to be built and finished off. House building needs an architect and a series of builders. And so what we're suggesting is that there was a designer when it comes to the origin uh, of life. Could life really have started by chance? Is, first of all, is there proof? No, there isn't. Right. What about the case, uh, what about the test uh, of uh, beyond reasonable doubt? It's not beyond uh, reasonable uh, doubt at all. We have brains, we've got common sense. We can think to ourselves, some things are harder to understand than others. Some things are incredible, and you don't believe them. You don't need to be a scientist. And so there's the concept of intelligent uh, design uh, that uh, many uh, people uh, believe in, that there was a designer, there was a creator, we look at the world around us and we see that at some point an architect, a builder, a 
project manager, whatever, is uh, designed. And the Bible tells us how that did in fact be happened. And so, um, Genesis chapter 1 describes for us a series of events in which life as we know it uh, began and was uh, formed. Uh, First of all, uh, we have the concept that God created the world by saying, let there be. So, first of all, there was light, uh, then there was the firmament, then dry land and vegetation, uh, then there were the planets, then came sea life and birds, and finally animals and human beings. No evolution, by the way, but a series of distinct uh, steps that led to the world that we uh, see around us. And of course, uh, the Bible, throughout its pages, presents this idea to us. It's not just in Genesis chapter 1, it's all the way through. So here's a psalm, Psalm uh, 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. This is, this is a man who believed uh, that you look around you at the heavens, for instance, you look at the skies, the starry sky uh, at night, and you think that didn't come about by accident. That is too amazing, too beautiful, too complex. Uh, a designer was behind it. And he went uh, on to say, uh, day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. In other words, nature that we see around us, for instance, is shouting out at us, if you like, that there's a creator. There's somebody's hand uh, behind this, the divine hand. It was a result of divine fiats. And much later in the Bible, the Apostle Paul says, in a rather, I think, complex uh, sentence as it comes out here, God's invisible attributes, that his, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. He's really saying the same thing. That what, what we can see tells us uh, that there is a God. Through the things that we can see, we can believe in the one that we can't see. We believe in an invisible God. God has presented us enough information in nature itself that we are left without excuse. That's, that's his very uh, challenging statement there uh, at the ends. Now, what a scientist cannot say is why the world is as it is. Why life began. We're not talking now about how, but why. Now, in, in the, the Bible, or in, in this particular edition of the Bible, one page is given to how. The other 1,100 pages are given over to why. Not a series of theories, but... God's reason for creating the world is revealed to us in a series of events uh, throughout history. And that picture is being painted for us uh, the more we read, the more we progress from the beginning of the Bible towards the end. In other words, without wishing to be irreverent, this isn't God's vanity project. It wasn't um, 
a work of art uh, or a toy, there was a reason uh, for it. And whereas uh, you go into a library, you'll read, you'll find lots of books about science and all the various uh, theories about the origin of life, the Bible gives us one answer, that God created it uh, for a reason. So, what scientists can't explain, but the Bible does, is, for instance, why there are men and women. Uh, why, have they, why have they got feelings for each other? Why have they got feelings at all? Why, why do they think? How, how has that come about? It, it explains where good and evil come from, came from. That's, you can't find a scientific answer uh, to that. We can't even explain from science why uh, we die. But the Bible tells us that there is a point to everything, that the Creator has a purpose. In other words, He has a purpose and He has designed a plan to achieve uh, that purpose. And that's what set out, sets out for us in the Bible. So here is uh, one passage from the prophet Isaiah chapter 45 the Lord who created the heavens who is God who formed the earth and made it who has established it who did not create it in vain who formed it to be inhabited what do we learn from this then we learn that the human race is um, central to that purpose uh, that God has uh, in mind and at the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 the human beings were made in the image of God. Not for fun, not, but for a reason. Uh, and they were told to rule the earth. There, there are immense implications in these words, which we'll uh, come back to in, in a moment. Let's, let's just think then about what the world was like when God created it. Well, we're told. We don't have to have been there uh, at the time. We were told that it was very good. Everything worked uh, just uh, fine. And by no coincidence, the human beings obeyed God. And, and as it turns out, everything was all right until they disobeyed uh, uh, God, until things uh, started to go wrong because of human beings. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, God said. But when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they lost that likeness. Their affinity with, with God was, was uh, shattered. They'd started to think for themselves. And they started to do what they wanted to do instead of a simple obedience uh, to God who had already shown his power and his authority. And as a result, uh, they were driven away and, uh, and died. Now, elsewhere in the Bible, there are comments about this. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 tells us God made man upright but they have sought out many schemes by schemes it means ways of doing wrong men and women have devised different ways of doing wrong I don't know if this is your idea of the worst um, things that people can do abusing children but I think it's mine I, I can't contemplate the, the wickedness uh, and the thinking of the, the people who indulge uh, in these things. And much later, uh, the Apostle Paul, again, 
comments for us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's actually one exception to that, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to have to come on to that. But the human race, apart from the Lord Jesus, have sinned. They've, they're not in God's image anymore. They're not in God's uh, likeness. There's a gulf has opened up between God and his uh, creation. Now, what God's purpose was at the start was that men and women should be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. But as a result of Adam and Eve's sin and their being driven from the Garden of Eden, animals became wild. Uh, Sin was followed by hard work, uh, unhappiness, uh, illness, death, famine and war, all those things that we're now all too familiar with us. This is the norm for the world that we live in. But it wasn't always like that. It came about as a result of people thinking they knew better than God who created them. Well, the human race has filled the earth, but it doesn't control it uh, by uh, any means. And worst of all, we can't even control ourselves. We can't check the, those impulses within us that, want, that make us want to do what we want and make us want to rebel uh, against God. But this is God's long-term aim because it said in uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 14, As I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We have to ask ourselves, what does that mean, the glory of God? The glory of God sometimes is a a visible thing. None of us have seen the the glory of God. But Bible characters sometimes saw it, uh, often associated uh, with bright light, uh, with angels, uh, perhaps. That's when they didn't appear as ordinary uh, human beings, uh, outwardly the the glory I think what this means is the glory uh, is uh, God's greatness and his goodness and you could say well in a sense that's true now well in a sense it is but hardly anybody sees it for what it is as we've seen they look at nature but they don't see God there they don't see God's greatness in creating it they don't see God's goodness in sending us sunshine and rain so that things grow so that we can eat Uh, and be happy and uh, content but the time will come when those things will be recognised and I think that's explained by an next quotation from Isaiah chapter 11 which is the next time that these words appear because they're developed the earth, Isaiah says shall be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea that's that's the key isn't it the glory of the Lord uh, can fill the earth but people have got to be able to see it in, either in their minds or, or with their eyes they've got to understand it uh, say and then you get the two combined when the prophet Habakkuk uh, says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea so again we're, we're talking about a time that is not now we cannot say that this position uh, exists now. This is so. It's still to come. These were the prophets of God, not people making things up at their own minds. They weren't pious hopes or dreams. Uh, they weren't philosophers. They were revealing what God told them, and they were writing it down. And we read it for ourselves uh, today. So, when the Lord Jesus taught his disciples to pray, they asked him, "What should we say in our prayers? How should we pray?" 
and he said um, your kingdom come so it's the first list of requests if you like your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven well that's it isn't it that's the glory of God filling the earth God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven everything now is in, in heaven is in obedience to God there's the Lord Jesus God's right hand there are the angels coming between heaven and earth doing and going back again doing God's will uh, perfectly and this kingdom then that uh, he told them to ask for is what the Bible calls the kingdom of God not in people's hearts uh, or in particular churches it's a an empire that's going to cover the whole uh, world and then as, as the psalmist says all nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you O Lord and shall glorify your name why did God create life this is why God created life so that the day uh, would come when the whole earth will be full of God's glory and nations here in the psalm and individuals will all respond uh, to God and they'll want to not because they're forced to but they'll want to because they will see the benefits of not being at war with each other for instance there will be the, there will be the benefits of not abusing uh, each other that the hallmark of that day that's coming will be righteousness in other words doing what God wants because God knows best we don't know what's best we make a mistake when we think that we do now that's the transition then that's going to take place those are the kind of headlines that we see today headlines which are nothing uh, but bad uh, news but the imaginary headline that you can see there is that God's kingdom will come on the earth or has come on the earth thinking of the future and then things will start to change those headlines on the left will fade out and the improvements in the world under the Lord Jesus Christ ruling from Jerusalem will become apparent they will become very uh, obvious indeed so in God's uh, plan Jesus is the only image sorry is the only man since Adam to be like God because he had freedom of will and unlike Adam and Eve he chose to obey God that's actually a very difficult thing to do day and night uh, every living thought every action every aspect of behaviour he carried out uh, in obedience uh, to God and this was all in God's purpose because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that well known verse in the gospel uh, of John this, was, this is what God is preparing uh, for, the, for the future and an important stage in that is that he said to his son I want you to be a sacrifice so that I can forgive sins that's really another subject but it's what God had in mind when he caused life to begin uh, on the earth Jesus is the only one who's ever controlled his feelings uh, and his desires his only intention was ever to serve God so when it comes to uh, ruling the earth who would you choose 
Name a politician. We can't even decide who's going to rule this country because, because the country is so divided uh, politically. But the Lord Jesus is the perfect person to rule uh, the world. He can tell people to, what to do because he's done it himself. He is the son of God. He knows uh, what is uh, best. And so the Bible tells us that God has appointed a day on which he will judge the earth, to judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. So overall then, God's purpose is to set up his kingdom uh, on the earth. So if God has this very strong sense of purpose and is pursuing that purpose, um, what should our purpose be in life? Once we know that God's purpose, we want to know what God intends and is pursuing, we just got to say, oh, well, that's that then. Good, good, good to hear it. No, because it involves uh, us. It's not a theoretical uh, subject, like a change of government at an election. Oh, well, they've got in and the others are out. It, we'll just carry on the same. Uh, our aim should be in God's kingdom to be able to enjoy uh, the benefits uh, of that world to come. And that can, by God's mercy, can be our ours uh, if we believe in it and if we uh, obey what God wants us to do. What did the Lord Jesus say? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then, in God's mercy, when Christ comes back to the earth and gives immortality to all those uh, who are deemed worthy uh, of it, uh, we can join in that task of filling the earth with the knowledge uh, of, of God's uh, glory. And one of those steps that God commands us to take is to be baptised. And the Lord Jesus put it this way, uh, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he's talking about that initial stage. We can't do anything else before we're baptised. The baptism is the initial stage. Um, and then using the creation language, the Apostle Paul says, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. In fact, the Bible is full of creation language. That's, that alone uh, proves to us that God created the earth. Now, here is a mini-creation. When we are baptised into the Lord Jesus, we become a new creation or a new creature. We are uh, reborn. We are recreated. Our life starts again, a different kind of life, a life where we will look forward to immortality, whereas otherwise you'd say, who wants to live forever? But immortality is a real prospect and a real hope uh, for all those who are baptised uh, into the Lord Jesus. So life began uh, as a result of God saying, let there be. And it was for a reason that uh, the earth should be filled with the knowledge of the glory of as the waters uh, cover the sea. Now, that has shed some light uh, on this subject uh, and our hope is that you will allow that light to enter your lives because otherwise they're full of darkness we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads videos information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk